Welcome to Effortless Swimming, the podcast for swimmers, triathletes, and coaches. Join Australian swim coach Brenton Ford as he reveals the latest techniques and information to improve your swimming. Let's dive right in. Welcome to another episode of the Effortless Swimming Podcast. Today's guest is Helen Walker, who is a physio at Physio for Athletes. And the reason I wanted to get Helen on the podcast today is because she's been doing screenings with a number of my swimmers uh, because they want to get checked up to see if they're uh, inflexible in any areas or if they need to strengthen any parts of their body to make them a more well-rounded and complete swimmer uh, and so that they not only swim better but avoid injuries. So, Helen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're very welcome, Brenton. The way that we that we got introduced was through one of my swimmers who was training for the English Channel at the time, and mm-hmm. he came in to see you. Was it with an injury or just to get to get a checkup? Uh, basically, he, he just came in um, uh, for a checkup at first and then unfortunately he suffered an injury not, not long after that. But um, at first it was to, to go through the musculoskeletal screening process. Yeah, and so he, he went through that and um, found a few things that he needed to improve on, especially with the amount of case that he was doing training That's up right. for, the, for the channel. And... Um, you know, it's really important to make sure that you're well balanced with uh, your strength and your, your flexibility. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, he came to me and said, "Oh, you should really chat to uh, to Helen. She's um, she did this with me with the screening, and um, she was very good. And she works with a lot of the, the Vic Center swimmers. Um, and I think you should have a chat to her. So since then, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the guys in my squad have um, gone to see you and had the the screening done." Um, yes. For the for the listener on the on the podcast, they may not know what we're talking about when we say saying screening, but it's a musculoskeletal screening that um, that you do in your physio for athletes practice. Can you um, tell the listener what what that's about and and why we do it? Sure. Well, basically, it's a it's an an assessment procedure that um, has been around for a while actually, and the the screening that I do is basically the same as what um, the athletes on the Australian swim team would would undergo. Um, I've actually travelled with the Australian swim team a couple of times, so quite familiar with what goes on there. And the, the assessment process is looking at the swimmer's body, their posture, um, their flexibility, their strength in particular areas as it relates to what they need to do in the water. So we look at how how well they can lift their arms overhead to achieve a streamline uh, position and if there's any tightness in one shoulder or one hip that might impede that flexibility, we will recommend exercises for the swimmer to do to work on at home to improve that. Um, also looking at their high elbow position Position, um, for, particularly for the for the catch or the or the pull through, um, if a swimmer doesn't have enough flexibility in that position, it's very hard for them to achieve what the coaches are asking them to do. So that's that's basically a rundown of what we look at. Yeah, and and what I really like about the screening is that you're looking at. Um, the strength and the flexibility of movements that are related to swimming. So it's, it's swimming specific in this yes. case. And, you know, you're looking at the flexibility and streamline position uh, with the elbows and the internal and external rotation um, mm. of, of the shoulders. And and the thing that, that comes up is, so you, you send me through these screening reports after you do it with my swimmers and, uh, and look at the results and you've got 
the areas highlighted where they might be uh, inflexible and you That's can right. yeah and you can relate that to to someone's technique so if a, a swimmer hasn't got great um, uh, thoracic rotation if they're inflexible there it usually shows up in their freestyle where they might not get a lot of shoulder rotation in their upper body and That's right. yeah and all of that stuff translates into the pool so if you can increase your thoracic rotation and and flexibility you can improve your freestyle with better shoulder rotation yeah, so we also often see a lot of patterns where, whereby if they have, for example, right shoulder pain, they'll have some tightness on that side. Usually the thoracic rotation or upper back rotation to that side's tight as well. And then the opposite hip flexor um, on the, the, the left side will, will usually be tight. So we don't sort of look at things in, in isolation either. We try to take a, a broader view of how their whole body's moving and how one segment being stiff might affect another area of the body and cause injury. Yeah, and um, it's it's really important. And do you? How many times a year do you recommend swimmers get the screening done? Um, I would say once a year uh, would be sufficient. And um, um, of course, sometimes I give swimmers some exercises to do and they'll need to be progressed in six to eight weeks time um with the the swimmers at uh, say at melbourne vic center they might be um if they're seeing me regularly for some maintenance work um we'll screen more often than that um Particularly what we're starting to look at now, one of the components of the screening test is some dynamometry strength testing, which is resisted um, uh, getting, getting the swimmers to push against a device called a dynamometer and measuring the strength of their shoulder internal and external rotation. And we think that as the season progresses that that strength may be dropping off and that may predispose to a shoulder injury. So we're starting to measure more regularly with that. Um, but that's still in its infancy, developing that, that approach. Is there any common things that you see, let's say common areas where the more elite swimmers are more flexible or stronger? Okay. Well, certainly... I've done my PhD looking at risk factors for shoulder pain in competitive swimmers and actually one of the studies that I did was looking at the flexibility screening tests and seeing if they related to swimming performance and certainly um, looking at international level swimmers for the combined elevation test or the streamline test, um, those swimmers score much higher on that particular test. So, yes, they are more flexible in that direction. Um, and that's one of the areas that we target uh, in, in, terms, in terms of trying to improve or help people improve their performances, get more flexibility specifically for the streamline. That's interesting. So the combined elevation test, for those that don't know, is where you lie on the ground with your face on the, your forehead on the ground. You're in oh, stream. The, the chin. Your oh. chin is on the, is in contact with the bench, and your arms are overhead in streamline with your thumbs linked together. And the idea is to, and your arms are out straight. And the idea is to keep your chin down, your chest down, your bottom down, your legs down, and lift the arms up as high as you can, both arms together. 
and to see how high those those arms can yes. come up and what what sort of range are the more elite swimmers getting there usually uh positive so compared to horizontal usually arms up around 10 degrees or higher the most i've ever seen was uh, 50 degrees 50 above degrees. horizontal with, <laughs> yes <laughs> that was some time ago so so often um the the higher level swimmers not always but often they're at that higher end of the spectrum certainly with some exercising you can increase so the whole whole idea of the screening process is is to improve that particular individual's range of motion within the parameters that they can change Mm. wow and what what sort of things would you recommend to increase that kind of flexibility well, basically, we, we do lots of lat stretching, um, thoracic spine extension stretching over a foam roller, things like that, and lots of strengthening through the uh, shoulder retractors, so your, your middle and lower trapezius muscles in particular. Um, sometimes we need to actually release with soft tissue release, hands-on works through under the ribs at the front so that the, the person's rib cage is, is um, able to uh, extend a little bit and, and free up through there. Yeah, that's good. And in, uh, in Improve, which is my which is the online swim coaching uh, yep. community that I've got, I spoke a, yeah, a bit about using foam rollers um, for release from sort of self-massage of the lats um, and also with ITBs and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. so you recommend a lot of well, some foam roller work with athletes? Definitely. Um, with the swimmers, I often use it if they're lying on their back, they place it horizontally under their shoulder blades and do the um, streamline stretching over that with their arms overhead. Um, and we'll also use it vertically where the swimmer's lying on their back on the foam roller and then stretching out their pecs. That's very good for opening up through the chest and particularly the pec minor muscle, which is always tight in swimmers. Mm. Yeah, that's the other, Yeah, I was going to say the other thing I should touch on is one of the things that we can do with the screening process is get a little bit of an idea about what that individual swimmer's risk profile is for for developing shoulder pain. Um, Another part of my research showed that swimmers who are either tight in external rotation or too mobile, so hypermobile, they were at increased risk of developing shoulder pain during during a season. And the risk was um, 28 times around that around that mark compared to swimmers who who were in the middle range. So it, it appears that there's a, a middle or ideal range of motion that is associated with a, a lower risk of developing shoulder pain in, in swimmers. Okay, right. Well, that's... Um, so so yeah. you, you can be too, too flexible uh, for well, uh, for swimming that, you know, if you are too flexible, you have got a higher chance of getting injured yes. during the season on a particular test and yeah. and also on that test if you're too tight 
So if your packs are too tight and restricting your range, that can cause some problems. And we respond to both of those scenarios differently. So if they're too tight, it's all about stretching the pec um, and uh, some soft tissue release massage to, to restore that flexibility. Whereas if they're too mobile or hypermobile, um, it's all about doing stabilisation exercises. Mm, okay. Uh, with, uh, with one of my swimmers, he came in for... He had a shoulder injury where he was just getting a lot of pain while he was pulling through in freestyle. And yes. so what you've done with him is uh, given him a bunch of exercises and stretches and to mm-hmm. to get him working that shoulder again. So there's a number of weeks there where, where he just did kick and then yes. he slowly introduced his, his arms again while he was using fins. And it's just been a gradual process building back up. But now he's at the stage where his shoulder's really starting to strengthen. He's, he's not getting that same pain and yes. uh, and he's the last couple of weeks he's been training really well and his his times have actually come down even though he's not right. completely yeah. back at his full fitness so, so sometimes you do have to go backwards to go forwards um, definitely and i think i think what you did with um with the swimmer was was fantastic and he's really enjoying being able to swim without that shoulder pain there now mm, and i think i think it's really important when a swimmer has shoulder pain it's sometimes it's it's quite difficult to decide exactly from from a physio point of view how much swimming they should do um, because you need to unload the shoulder tendons to to help them settle down and sometimes that might be they need to kick and they just skull with their arms and other times it's as simple as well they put some fins on. Um, for the whole training session and that's enough unloading to let let things settle but certainly it's very very uncommon that i suggest that a swimmer is completely out of the water because i believe that it's really important to get the the legs and the core and the kick going because that's another um it's easier to to pull through with the arms when your body's already being propelled forward yeah, that's the difference between a physio who's worked with swimmers before and one that doesn't necessarily have the experience. So you've you've been on Australian teams, going away with the teams as a, the team physio, and the the last thing I think the the athletes and the coaches would expect is to say completely be out of the water if a swimmer's injured. For example, there might be occasional cases where they they need to be completely out of the water, but in swimming consistency and staying in the water even if it's just kick or it's just pull whatever it might be it's so important to keep that feel of the water definitely i find that if if someone has had uh, say even three weeks out out of the pool and they've been cross training and they've had they're coming back from a significant shoulder injury then then what I find is that they can't control the rest of their body very well. So here we have a, a high level functioning activity you're requiring your shoulder to do. It's quite complex, a swimming stroke, as you know. And um, and then if their core conditioning has reduced and they can't control their getting rotating their hips through, um, it's just so much more difficult to get the shoulders better. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So it is really important to stay in the water because you might yes. get for so the swimming season is usually somewhere in the forty-eight to fifty weeks a year range, and then the the swimmer might get 
two to three weeks off at the end of the season. And mm. that can take two or three months to really get back to um, where they were in terms of their fitness. So even even a week off, it will usually take you somewhere between sort of two weeks to possibly three weeks to get back to where you were. Exactly. And it's interestingly, particularly uh, particularly with the younger swimmers, when they, they have kicked for a couple of weeks and their training's been, their preparation has been um, impacted upon by their shoulder injury. When they when they come to race, it's it's often they still swim PBs anyway um, mm. because of the, the work they've done on their kick. So it's always good to do that. Yeah, that's that's something that that isn't um, really noticed too much. Is that if you are if you do have to resort to just kick for a week or two in the pool to let your shoulder recover kick especially for sprinting is is one of the main factors that will get your time down so like for yes. example this one of the mysomers who we were talking about before he's in his this is his 50s which have come down really well and a lot of that is because he's got a, a much stronger kick now because he's just been working on it for two weeks mm. so it's um yeah it's 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 so important and um and then you've got the peculiarities of the breaststroke kick and um, we look at that with the screening as well, looking at their the hip range of motion in particular and their foot turnout and um, trying to help people improve that flexibility if they're, if they're tight and they're a breaststroke specialist. Mm. It's good stuff. What sort of time frames do you, do you uh, usually find that, let's say a swimmer is uh, quite tight in a certain area, what sort of time frame does it take to get them to a level where they're in the ideal range at the what range sorry uh what how long does it take uh for sort of the average person that comes to see you for a screening how long does it take them if they're really inflexible in a certain area how long does it take them to get to the ideal range that we're looking for with flexibility okay that's that's an interesting question because some people are naturally tighter than than others and that's why the emphasis is on improving their actual range within their flexibility limits because say if if, if you think about a, a rugby league player who has a lot of muscle bulk and they're they've got more collagen in their soft tissue their um, high elbow position won't ever be the same as someone who's very hypermobile so sometimes it's it's not um, achievable. Uh, the streamline test we were talking about before, um, very very few people would be able to get up around twenty degrees on that. But in, to answer the first part of your your question, it's usually six to eight weeks, and uh, but they need to stretch and um, really work on it, um, and often particularly with shoulder external rotation and internal rotation. If we do some hands-on work, you get changes within the session, so it's quite immediate. Mm, yeah. And, and also the same with upper back rotation. If they've just got some joint stiffness, that can be quite immediate. Then they need to um, maintain it with um, home exercises. Yeah. So someone who's, uh, yeah, someone who's following a, a stretching and a, self-massage routine six to eight weeks is generally where the yes. time period that will get them to you know a bit of increased flexibility 
you know, if they have the time to do all of the exercises consistently. And then we throw in things like they use trigger balls to help um, deactivate the tight muscles as well. Mm. A lot of my swimmers are doing it just before training because my athletes, they're the master's athletes, the adults, they've got it's, jobs. Uh, it can be hard to find the time once they get home. So a good place to do it is at the pool while you're there in that mindset, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. frame of mind, uh, because everyone's there to, uh, to swim. And a lot of my guys are just sort of taking five minutes out of the warm-up if they get there late to do their exercises, which is, which is worthwhile. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, stretching before activity got a little... It's, it's been a little bit controversial in, in recent years, but I think in the context that you're talking about with um, a master's athlete or, in fact, any swimmer, say, who's tight in the upper back, it's very beneficial to increase that mobility both into their extension or their arching and their rotation before they get in the water. So that's, that's a, 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 a situation where um, stretching before training's very helpful. Yeah, these, um, these guys are doing most of their strengthening exercises beforehand uh, and, yes. they're, yeah, and they're stretching afterwards because, as you know, with the static type stretches, it's, it does mm. reduce your, your strength and your power. Um, before yes. before exercise, so yeah, they are they are best to do afterwards, which um, which is what these guys are doing, which is uh, which is good. If uh, someone wants to get a, a screening done with you, how can they go about it? Where can they find you? Well, basically, they could. Um, the best thing would be to contact me through my website, um, which is www.physio4athletes, and that's a number four dot com. Awesome, and I'll put that link on the website as well. Uh, oh, thank you. So yeah, physio four number four athletes dot com, yes. um, and it's yourself and also a good friend of mine, uh, Andrew Cameron, who is the other physio there. And he does he also do the screenings? Yes, Andrew does the screening as well. And as a, a recently retired elite swimmer, he knows everything about um, swimming that you can know from you know from the insider's knowledge. So Andrew does an, an excellent job. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if you're a, a swimmer or even a triathlete who might have some uh, niggling issues in the pool um, with your shoulders or your body, um, I highly recommend getting a, a screening done because it will show up where you need to have your strengthening done and your flexibility, and it does it does make a, a big difference. And it's not always immediate. It does take time to improve these things. But mm. if you're in the sport for uh, the long haul, then it's it's definitely worthwhile. So, Helen, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And thank uh, you very much. yeah, I think uh, I think what you're doing with uh, the swimmers is fantastic. So keep it up. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining us on the Effortless Swimming Podcast. To get transcriptions, bonus videos, and to be the first to hear about new episodes, go to swimmingpodcast.com. 